Amen and amen. It is good to see you here this morning. If you have a copy of God's Word, I would invite you to open with me to 1 Samuel 3. Uh, 1 Samuel 3 is where we will make our home today as we continue our series. Uh, I want to say, guys and girls in the room, we're really glad to have you in here today. Uh, Adults, can we give it up for our kids and students in the room? We're, we're really glad you're here. I, I know that you miss uh, 412 kids today or 412 students, uh, and your moms and dads may be missing it uh, by this point in the service, and by the time I'm done preaching, they might. But uh, what I want to tell you is that we love having you in here, and, and I want you to know that God's Word is indeed for you. Uh, so, so this message is for your mom, your dad, your grandparents, but it's also for you. And every time we open up the Bible, whether it be uh, me or whether it be Miss Audra or Mr. Greg or Miss Carla or whoever, Mr. Chris, whoever is in there, when we open up the Word of God, God stands ready to speak to us. So we believe that God has a message for every single one of us, regardless of our age, in this place today. And I'm excited to be sharing this story on Family Sunday because I have vivid memories of learning this narrative and this story in Sunday school as a child. So I pray that if you don't know this story, that maybe you will be like me and a, you know, older person, all right? Uh, some of you are like, hey, but like every day, I'm like, my back hurts right now. What's happening, right? Uh, so one day when you're like in your mid-30s and your back hurts, you'll be like, I remember 1 Samuel 3. That was awesome. So I'm praying that the Lord will do his work, and he does that every time we open the Word. So we've had a lot happen in two chapters of 1 Samuel. We've seen that uh, God is raising up a new prophet and priest to lead his people, and that with that comes a prophecy that the old way of doing things is going to be no more. But before we get to the fulfillment of that prophecy starting in next week's message, we've got to talk about the birth of Samuel. Now, you might be thinking, Pastor Rusty, we did that two weeks ago, but I'm not talking about that birth. I'm talking about the new birth that we're going to see occur in this passage because this is where Samuel actually comes to know the Lord. So I'll just tell you flat out, I have been praying up a storm this week for every single one of you in here, guys and girls who were hanging out with us, moms and dads, grandparents. I've been praying that every single person listening to this message today would either know the Lord or through the power of the Holy Spirit proclaiming his truth through his word would come to know the Lord today. I believe that can happen. This is a powerful text. So let's read this entire chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 3, and then we'll pray and ask for the Lord's help as we study his word. Here's what the Bible says. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had become to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. 
Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of anyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I'm about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more if you also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And Eli said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, by your word, would you speak to us clearly today? Help us to have eyes to see, ears to hear, hands and feet ready to walk this truth out. God, we don't want to leave this place the same way we showed up. But by your mercy and grace, would you speak to us through your word? We're listening, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. I love this text, a powerful story that really is going to be framed by the first and the last verse. I told you last week that, that I have a desire to teach the Bible in such a way that you learn how to study the Bible. And this is something that you will see quite often. The theme of this text is really given to us in plain sight. Verse 1 says that the word of the Lord was rare in this day. But then you go to verse 21, and what does it say? And the word was being revealed to God's people at Shiloh again through Samuel. So you have a huge contrast here, and really this passage is framed up by this idea that the word of the Lord was rare, but now the word of the Lord once again is heard powerful in this text that in verse 2 it says Eli his eyesight was beginning to grow dim he couldn't see anymore uh, yet as one priest is losing his eyesight God is raising up a new prophet who sometimes is referred to as a seer who is then going to be leading God's people. So there's going to be a new vision there's new eyesight coming through a new leader. And on top of that, we see uh, that Samuel's name, we mentioned a couple weeks ago, sounds like God heard. So, so the Lord heard Hannah's prayer for a son, and God gave Samuel, God heard. And God heard the, the cries of Israel for new leadership, and God provided Samuel, God heard. 
And what we're going to see in this text is that he's going to demonstrate, Samuel is going to demonstrate for you and me what it looks like to hear and respond to the word of God. So, so get this, God heard is going to teach us how to hear and respond to the Lord. Isn't that pretty wild? Some of you are not nerding out as much as I am at this, but, but it's really incredible. We're in verse 2, and the Word of God is that awesome already. I love it. And I hope that you're encouraged by this. In verse 3, we see that the lamp of God had not yet gone out. In uh, my daily Bible reading, I was reading in Leviticus where daily Bible reading plans go to die. Uh, but I had not put a bullet in its head yet. I'm still working on it. But as I was reading, I came across chapter 23, which talks about the lamp of God. And this lamp is never supposed to go out. It will go on and it's supposed to go on and on and on in perpetuity. Yet what we know is that judgment is coming and eventually this lamp is going to go out. But the text says, but it's still flickering. There's still hope for the people of God. Things looked bad. Samuel had been taken to the temple where he ought to be growing up in the nature and nurturing of the Lord, but instead we've discovered the last few weeks it's actually a wicked place. How tragic is that? But even in the midst of that wicked and evil place, the lamp of the Lord is still flickering. There is still hope for God's people, and Samuel represents that hope in a very real way. So Samuel is laying down at night in the temple of the Lord. Now, often people, if you have a children's Bible, may portray Samuel in a sleeping bag right beside the ark. We know he wasn't a priest yet, so he wasn't actually in the Holy of Holies. This is language that's just saying he was close to the Lord. He was in the temple. And the Lord speaks to him and says, Samuel, and Samuel gets up and goes to Eli. And I love this because Eli, like any parent in the middle of the night, says, what do you want, right? It's basically the reaction. Like, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down, man. And Eli, almost like a persistent kid, comes back. God calls him again, and he goes to Eli, and Eli says, it wasn't me. Go back and lay down. And then the text gives us a huge and very important note in verse 7. At this time, Samuel did not know the Lord. So he goes and lays down. Again, can we just talk about God's grace for a second, though? God's coming after Samuel. Just like today, some of you showed up here in this place. You don't even know why you're here. You're a little bit put out. You had to come to church today. Maybe kids are just like, oh, why do I have to go listen to this guy? Can I tell you, God knows that you are here, and perhaps today is the day that he would be calling you by name. So the Lord calls a third time. Samuel goes to Eli and says, here I am, you called me. And Eli, at this point, finally wises up, doesn't he? And says, it's the Lord. So next time when God calls, here's what I want you to do. Say, speak, your servant hears. So Samuel goes and he lies down. And I love verse 10. I don't get it, but I love it. And the Lord came and stood at, as a, at other times. So God physically, somehow, way, came and stood there. And he says, Samuel, Samuel. Now, what's wild here, you, you may not think this immediately, but this is connecting the, the last prophet that existed in the Old Testament was Moses. Did you know how Moses was called at the burning bush? Did you know how God called him? Moses, Moses, the double name. Here again, we see a new prophet being called by God. And God says, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel says, speak, your servant is listening. 
Now, before we get to what God said to Samuel, I want to talk about Samuel hearing from God. Samuel hears God. Let's talk about what this looked like a little bit. A couple things I want to note here that you may not think about, but I think are critical. First, this took quite a bit of discernment to figure out who was talking to him, didn't it? Four trips to Eli, right? Like three trips to Eli before they said, hey, something's happening here. He heard a voice. He heard something happening, but he didn't know what it was. It took some discernment. He had to figure out what was going on. The the second thing I would want you to note as we think about Samuel hearing from God is that he was in the right place at the right time to hear from God. Like, I think that's why the text is careful to note that he was in the temple. In fact, even going to, to the, the saying, hey, he was laying before the ark of the Lord. Again, he probably wasn't literally doing that, but, but in a sense, he was laid out before God. He ate, slept, breathed the Lord in his house, the temple. He was in position to hear from the Lord. But, but then there's this note that we need to deal with the fact and the reality that he wasn't at this point saved he didn't know the lord listen this was the moment i believe in this verse three section or this third calling of samuel that he comes to actually know the lord the lord calls him and samuel responds and in that moment he gave his life i believe to the lord so i want to just ask you today have you had a moment where you have heard and responded to the lord Have you had a moment where God called and you said yes to him and responded to what it is that the Lord was saying to you? I pray that you have today. But not only do we see Samuel hearing from God, we see Samuel responding. So Samuel responds in this text. Now, this is interesting to me because uh, Samuel, in this moment, said, speak, your servant is listening, and God speaks to him, and it's a powerful moment, right? Like God has communicated to him. He spoke, and Samuel hears from the Lord, and it's a cool moment. Again, I think this is his salvation moment. So now that he's saved, surely he's going to go and get on the temple landline. Uh, You know what a landline is, kids? Sorry, it's confusing. And he's going to try to call mom and say, hey, I gave my life to Christ isn't that awesome no this isn't that type of moment isn't it instead what happens the Lord gives him challenging challenging news to deliver now before we talk about that news can I just encourage you for a second here's Samuel a young man now now we don't know the text calls him a boy we don't know if that means like boy like my little boy or even a young adult probably we we don't know for sure but either way a young man notice that he is doesn't know the lord one moment now knows the lord in the next moment and now is given a mission by god to prophesy for the lord can i just tell you something that you need to hear and understand clearly today you don't have to wait to serve the lord Guys and girls in this room, you don't have to wait to serve the Lord. If you've just given your life to Christ, adult in this room, you don't have to wait. We said last week that you are a priest of God. The moment you give your life to Christ, he makes you a priest and you are in ministry. Did you know that today, friends? You're still looking at me like you didn't. Congratulations, you're in ministry. You don't have to wait on some big moment or some big special call. Can I just tell you, God wants to use you. Now, that sounds pretty cool, and some of you are like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, God used Samuel, but it was difficult. (laughs) Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. 
So the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, hey, prophesy against Eli, who is in a very real sense kind of his spiritual father and really even there, not literal physical father, but was the one raising him. Go and tell him that the prophecy that he's heard already once already, his family will not be restored. There is no hope. It's over for the house of Eli. Imagine when the Lord left, whatever that looked like. Again, the text said he was standing there. That's crazy. So however that happens, God's gone. I imagine Samuel laying there in the bed thinking, how's this going to go? Like, is Eli going to believe me? Like, is he going to be angry? Uh, I I don't really know how I'm going to do this. In fact, the text says that that next morning, he was a little bit reluctant to talk about it, wasn't he? But credit to Eli. Eli says, hey, don't hold anything back. Tell me what the Lord said. And Samuel shares this prophecy. Now, we're going to talk about it again because we talked about it a little bit at length last week, and we're going to get to the fulfillment of that prophecy starting next week. But what I do want to notice are these last few verses, beautiful verses 19 through 21, saying that after Samuel heard and responded to God, that he grew and the Lord was with him. None of his words fell to the ground. That means he was respected. People knew he was a godly man and he was speaking with the wisdom of God and all of Israel knew that he was a prophet of the Lord. The Lord again now. It's not an empty tent, but the Lord is appearing again at Shiloh. It's not just a tent, it's a temple and God is showing up again. The word of the Lord is being revealed and brothers and sisters, the lamp seemed like it was flickering but the lamp of God has not gone out. God was still on his throne. He was still working in and through his people. And this was evidence of that for the people of God. This is where I want us to begin this morning to think about hearing God. This is a challenge for us, isn't it? Uh, You might be like me, as I was studying the passage this week, I was thinking, all right, Lord, uh, can we do a verse 10 thing? Can you come and stand here and say, Rusty, Rusty? And you may have to do it twice because I'm hard-headed, right? (laughs) But but man, sometimes it's like, man, that's what I want to happen. But but here's what I want to tell you today, friends. We have a God who speaks. And he speaks in ways that are loud and clear, as loud and clear as what we find here in verse 10. But we have to be intentional about listening and hearing God. So here's our first truth today. Hearing God starts with knowing God. Hearing God starts with knowing God. Hey, friends, if you're going to hear from God, you have to know him. In 1 Corinthians 2.19 The Bible says that uh, the natural man, the things of God, are foolishness. The things of the Lord are foolishness to the natural man. And I've got to tell you, there are some friends of mine here in our church who attend regularly who would identify as atheist or agnostic. They've told me this, like, I don't believe this whole faith thing. I don't believe in Jesus. And we've had good conversations about that. And I want to tell you, I'm glad you're here. This is a great place for you to be. And uh, again, people are like, well, you're just going to try to convert me. Yup. Like, welcome, we're glad you're here, but that's our heart. We want to see you know Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen and hear the word of God, and we're praying every day that the Holy Spirit would illuminate his truth to your heart. And it takes pressure off of me as a preacher because here's the reality. That's how it works. 
until the Spirit of God comes and converts the natural man into the new man, I know that all of this we're saying is absolutely crazy. It is. It takes the Spirit of God working in you. But here's the, here's the beautiful thing that happens when we realize by the work of the Holy Spirit that we are sinners who are separated from God when we recognize that man, we are not able to fix our relationship with God, our sin is separated from Him, when we go to the cross of Christ where Jesus died to pay the price for our sins and we surrender our lives and say, Jesus, my life belongs to you. At that moment, our sins, past, present, and future have been forgiven by Jesus Christ on the cross, but also His resurrection becomes our resurrection and we are given a brand new life. And with that comes the Holy Spirit of God in side of us so now instead of being the natural man brothers and sisters you just got upgraded to the spiritual man or woman led by the holy spirit of god and that natural man your mind and your emotions has been renewed by the holy spirit of god and the things that once sounded like absolute foolishness to you now sounds like truth that nourishes and feeds you on a soul level Do you know the Lord today? I've been praying again all week that if you don't, that today would be the day you would hear his call. Maybe you came to church today and you feel like Samuel at Eli's bed saying, yeah, I'm here. Like, like I'm hearing something. I'm feeling something. I know that something's going on. So I came to church to try to figure it out. And friends, I would just let, let me play Eli again for a moment and simply say this. Respond to the Lord today. Say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Respond to the Lord and know him today. If we're going to hear God, we have to start with knowing God. But many of you in here are like, okay, well, Rusty, I, I got saved. I know I did. I remember that moment. It was powerful. Like, I remember it happening, and man, my life has been different. It's been changed, but I still struggle to hear from God. How do I know if God's speaking or not? So, so the challenge becomes discerning his voice, right? Hearing God means we have to learn how to discern his voice. How do we know that it's God or, or what if it's just we ate something last night, right? I mean, let's just be real. So, so you've had these questions. We're going there this morning. And let, full disclosure, I'm probably not going to answer all of them for you, all right? Some of you right now, I just see your eyes. You're like, oh, finally. I wish I'm not that good. You're going to have to get another pastor if you want all the answers. But I do know, and I'm utterly convinced of this, brothers and sisters, we have a God who speaks to us. So how does God speak to us? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Let, let's talk about it a minute. First, I want to tell you that God speaks to us through the Word of God. The Word of God. So I, I said to you earlier that I want that verse 10 moment. I want the Lord to come and say, Rusty, Rusty, and I can hear his voice and be like, I know it's him. But can I tell you what consistently people are going to say in the Bible? That we have something even better than that in the Word of God. I mean, even Samuel, again, we have this verse 1 to verse 21 moment, right? The Word of the Lord was rare. Maybe you feel like you're in verse 1 right now. 
The word of the Lord's rare in my life. How do you get to verse 21? How do I get to where God is revealing himself to me? I'm hearing his voice. How do I get there? And man, we want to do all kinds of wonky things. You can go to the Christian bookstore today and buy, you, buy yourself four or five weird books that are going to have you chanting spiritual mantras. That's called mysticism, and you're not going to find that in the Bible. But there are some popular Christian books out there, even called Hearing God, that are going to teach you and lean you in that direction. Can I just tell you, if you want to hear the voice of God, open your Bibles. We have a God who has spoken loud and clear through his word. I've referenced this passage before, but 2 Peter chapter 1 blows my mind every single time I open it and study it. Peter says, I was there at the transfiguration. Number one, that's like, it should be, un, it's, it's unfair to scoreboard us like that, right? Do you remember the transfiguration? Some of you are like, that's a weird word. Here's the transfiguration. Uh, Jesus takes his closest disciples up on a mountain and the glory of God literally shone through Christ. And not only that, but Moses and Elijah somehow physically show up there. And the light is so bright that can barely open their eyes. In Mark's account of the transfiguration, it says, their, show, their clothes shone so bright, brighter than anyone could possibly bleach them. That's what it says. It's, look in your Bible. It's there. It's an amazing moment. And Peter says, hey, remember the transfiguration? Yeah, I was there for that. It's like, cool, I wish I, you know, just like that verse 10 moment. Man, if I could see that, it'd be awesome. But here's what Peter himself says in 1 Peter chapter 1, towards the end of the chapter, verses 16 through 21. He says this, but you have something even more sure, the prophetic word more fully confirmed. The word of God. So Peter says, I was at the transfiguration. I literally witnessed the glory of God physically manifested. But you've got something better than that. Oh, do you know what a gift we have in the word of God, friends? I know you don't believe this. Here's how I know you don't believe this. Number one, you're not looking excited right now. You were hoping I was going to tell you, chant this thing six times, and then you'll hear God's voice. And you're like, oh, he's just going to tell me, read the Bible? Because you have this sneaky suspicion that that doesn't work because you've tried that before. Oh, but I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, try again. <laughs> Open the word of God and say, speak, your servant hears. God stands ready to speak to us through his word pray that we would be listeners but that's not the only way God speaks to us there are a couple other ways I want to mention but I also want to say very clearly that these other ways God speaks to us are in subjection to the word of God and as you're going to see they even rely on the word of God but God also does speak to us through other believers God speaks to us through other believers this is one of the ways that God speaks to us our brothers and sisters in Christ I want to just say again, and I'm going to say this enough times that you're going to be annoyed by the end of the sermon, but this happens through subjection of the Word of God. If somebody comes to you, a brother and sister in Christ, and tells you something that doesn't agree with God's Word, guess who's wrong? Spoiler alert, it's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. And I would also suggest to you 
that the best way our brothers and sisters encourage us and speak to us and the Lord speaks to us through other brothers and sisters is through speaking the Word of God to us. <laughs> Exhorting and encouraging one another with the Scriptures as Romans 15.4 tells us to do. That's what I believe God calls us to do. And some would even call that prophecy. That, that we would prophesy to one another by exhorting one another through the Scriptures, brothers and sisters in Christ, encouraging one another, challenging one another through the Scriptures. But I want to tell you that there have been times in my life where other believers have encouraged me, challenged me, and even given me specific application from the Word of God to situations in my life that I have no doubt that God was using them to speak into my life. Have you had those kind of moments? Oh, but brothers and sisters, you can't speak to one another the truth of the Scriptures if you're not in the Scriptures. Y'all have heard me say this a bunch of times, but I'm going to say it to you one more time. People always assume, like, well, he's the pastor, he went to seminary. That's why he quoted Leviticus to me last week. He's the only one who knows what's in that book. Can I tell you why I shared what's in Leviticus with you last week? Because that's what I'm reading in my daily Bible reading. I will just tell you, like it's, it's, it may not be 99%, but it's probably 85 plus percent of the time. If I share a scripture with you in counseling, in conversation, on social media, in a text, can I tell you where that verse came from? Something I've read in the last few days from the Word of God. So, so yes, we want to know the, the, the Word, and I hope that I'm growing in knowledge of the Word on a daily basis, and God can pull verses to my mind, but most of the time when God uses me to speak and encourage someone else through His Word, it comes from something that I've been studying in that last few days. So are you in position to encourage other believers and, and let the Lord use you to speak into their lives? And friends, are you letting other people have that opportunity to speak into your life? God speaks to us through other believers. And I also want us to know, again, this, these really work together, but how does God speak to us? Through the Holy Spirit. Y'all, listen, we said that the Holy Spirit of God, when you were saved, immediately the natural man gives way to the new man. How does that work happen? Through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Right? So, so when we sing songs like, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, you, you know what the reality is? The Holy Spirit is already here. Like, the Holy Spirit doesn't get any closer than inside of you. And if you are in Christ, the Holy Spirit of God indwells you. You have Him. And He is leading, guiding, and directing you. Now, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit of God does this work in a couple ways. First, the Holy Spirit of God is the one who enlightens our hearts to know and understand the Word of God. It's an important role. And the Holy Spirit is there to constantly point us to Christ. Constantly point us to Christ. But I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit also is in the business of leading, guiding, and directing us in the little moments of our everyday life question is are you listening so so here's an important question that we need to ask today have you put yourself in position to hear God speak church we must put ourselves in position to hear him speak so are you opening up the word 
And people have told me so many times, I just really need to, a word from the Lord. I really need to hear from him. And I'm the pastor, so I always ask, well, have you been in the word? Have you been praying about it? And of course, you know, you always like, yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm like, why are you, why are you doing that? Right? But no, I mean it. Have you been in the word? Have you been giving God opportunity to speak into your life? Have you been living life in community? Do you have brothers and sisters who can speak truth into you? Do you have that? And are you listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit? Are you putting yourself in position? Again, Samuel, he didn't even know the Lord, but, but he was there. He, he was literally, like I said earlier, eating, breathing, sleeping, God's temple and his work. No wonder he was in position to hear God speak, wasn't he? It's not a surprise. Like, I don't think somebody showed up the next year at the temple and was like, wow, God spoke to that kid? No, it wasn't a surprise. He was in position. So I want to ask you, have you put yourself in position to hear from God? Can I tell you the cool thing about God? And he's so good to us that in his grace, even some of you heard from the Lord when you were not in position to hear from God, right? Like, like some of you, you're like, man, God called me like I was in a bar. So, so here's what I want to tell you. This is just real honest. Like, I don't want you, like, I'm not this, when I say put yourself in position to hear God speak, I'm not saying you all need to start bringing sleeping bags and camping out here at the church. That's not how it works. Oh, but we do need to do these things of getting in his word and being in community and listening to the Holy Spirit of God who indwells us. But here's where the rubber really meets the road, guys. Because I think it's easy for us. In fact, we like talking about hearing God. Some of you, again, I could see you woke up. You were trying to check out on this message. And I said, we're going to talk about how to hear God. You were like, ooh. But what do you do when you hear him? All right. This is where I always get convicted. Because like, Lord, just show me what you want to do. I know I read in your Bible where you said I need to love my neighbor. But have you met my neighbor? Lord, I just need to know what this big step in my life is. God, illuminate the path. I want to just do your will. I know that you said I need to love my brothers and sisters in my church and be in unity with them, but Lord, it's an election year. Right? God has spoken to us in so many clear and obvious ways, and some of you are waiting on a word from the Lord and ignoring the Lord while he all that he's already told you to do can i just encourage you respond to the lord in obedience respond to the word of god by obeying it and doing what it is god calls you to do so so start there start with what we know if you have a big thing in your life yes pray about it with other believers i'd love to talk to you about this big thing you're wrestling through and praying through but how about do the things you know god wants you to do now amen Oh, four of you. All right. The rest of you, just pray about it. <laughs> but then can I tell you a wild thing that happens as you start obeying the Lord? I'm convinced of this, that as you obey the Lord, you start hearing him more. Like even just this week, man, there's something that, that the Lord has just been moving in my heart and calling me to do that was, a, that was a challenge for me. It doesn't matter what it is. It was something he's calling me to do, not you. 
but, but it was something that I just had kind of pushed to the side for several weeks and said, ah, oh, that, that's kind of stupid. Like, I, I just don't think I need to do that. And finally this week, it was like the early in the week, I was like, okay, Lord, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I just got to tell you that even just in this week from that one, and if I told you what it was, you'd be like, that's really silly that you made that big a deal out of it. Well, yeah, but, but when I said yes to the Lord, can I tell you, I just sensed his presence in a unique way as I prepared this message, as I was getting into his word. Y'all, God was even speaking to me through Leviticus. It really happened. And not only through his word, but there were some times where I just felt the Lord prompting me to do things. And I think we become more sensitive to the leading of the Lord when we are walking in obedience to the Lord. Amen. When you say yes to him. So, so here's what I want to say to you today. A couple things, guys, and then, then we're going to be done. First, I want to ask, do you know the Lord? Guys and girls in this room, adults in this room, Kids, you need to know you're not too young to hear and respond to the Word of God. How do we get from verse 1 to verse 21? By hearing and responding to the Word of God like Samuel did. If the Lord is calling you today, talk to mom and dad. Come talk to me after service. Talk to one of the 412 kids that are saying, I want to respond to the Lord. He's calling me. I want to know Him today. Adults in this room, you're not too old to come to Christ. Can I tell you that's been a bigger barrier for people than, than the young age of children sometimes. I've had people that have told me, I'm embarrassed to do that because I should have done it as a kid. And I'm like, you know what's worse than being embarrassed? Dying and going to hell. And do you know what's super foolish? Missing out on the life of Christ right here, right now because you're too embarrassed. Oh, friends, you can know the Lord today. But then I want to just ask, what would it look like for us to be a church that hears and responds to God? I want us to be a verse 21 church. I want us to be a church where the Lord was revealing himself again at Crossroad. As people were putting themselves in position to hear God speak and getting in his word, letting other believers speak into their life and discerning that it's from the Lord and letting the Holy Spirit lead them saying yes to him. And this cycle continues of hearing and responding, hearing and responding, hearing and obeying, doing what it is God calls us to do. Can I tell you what I believe that would look like in 2023? Revival. Revival. Oh, friends, I know we live in a culture that's pretty messed up. It seems like if the lamp of God is even going still, it's barely flickering. But I want to tell you, the lamp of God still has a flame. And God still stands ready to use people just like he used Samuel to hear and respond to his word so that he can do kingdom work in and through them. Let's be that people. Lord God, thank you for your word. I thank you for the call of Samuel. Lord, I thank you that you and your grace called a, and raised up a leader for the people of Israel. Lord, a leader that we have said in many ways is going to do incredible things, but ultimately is just a shadow of the great priest and prophet that is to come. The prophet, priest, and king that is Christ. So Lord, I pray that today uh, this message would end with all of us running to him to you 
God, we want to, to know you. I pray that if there's anybody in here who doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. But Lord, I also pray for those who would say they know you, but, but today they're struggling to hear and respond to you. Lord, would you speak loud and clear to us and help us to respond in obedience? Speak, Lord, your servants here. Church family, would you stand in an attitude of prayer and worship if you're able? We're going to sing a song of response. I want to invite you to respond how the Lord leads you to. You may want to come pray at the altar. You, you may want to come pray with me. I'd be glad to pray with you if you need that. But whatever you do as we worship and we sing, even right where you're at, let's just respond to the word of the Lord together.